1: And it's time to go back to school with the Adam Ritz Show. Whether you're in elementary school or all the way up to the college ranks, it's that time of year where we start talking about backpacks and getting your art school supplies together. Jay Baker, do you remember getting that
0: little box together with your crayons and your glue and your and your scissors? I was excited. And you remember, your parents usually took you and helped you pick it out. I mean, this was
1: big stuff. And your art box, that's like my best memory of back to school is getting the art box. You would have all of your art supplies displayed in order with organization inside that art box. And within eight weeks of school, it was a jumbled mess with Googling crayon marks and pencil shavings and the glue came undone and there's just glue in the bottom of the box and glitter everywhere. (laughs) It was a total mess. But anyway, every uh,
0: crayon was broken. We're
1: going back to school. And uh, before we get into some uh, back to school tips from Jay, I want to just mention uh, hello and thanks to Uh, My good friends at the University of Tennessee, they are back to school and back on campus. I had a chance to work with head coach Jeremy Pruitt of the Tennessee Volunteers. He's in his uh, second season now, I believe, in the Southeastern Conference, and Uh, I've done some work with him in the past with his teams on social media awareness with his student athletes and we met this week and had a great meeting talking about social media and how you need to be responsible when you use your that phone in your pocket can be used for good or bad and that is kind of a topic to talk about when you're going back to school especially if you're a college student athlete. So my thanks to the University of Tennessee Athletic Department for hosting me on campus this week. You been to Knoxville?
0: I have and that's an amazing campus, one of a kind. added on to that stadium. It was briefly the number one uh, largest uh, or it was the biggest uh, stadium in the SEC. A couple of schools have built bigger stadiums but that's impressive and that whole downtown tailgate tradition that they have where fans come up in their boats to get ready for uh, Tennessee home games. It's it's one of a kind.
1: It's pretty uh, amazing and the campus is beautiful. Uh, a lot of terrain, hills, uh, small mountains, uh, and the, uh, the people there, so nice, down to earth. It's just a fantastic place. So, if I have a chance to go back to grad school, I might check out Knoxville and the University of Tennessee. It's beautiful. Anyway, uh, we're back to school on The Adam Rich Show. We're underwritten today by our good friends and sponsors at Vibonomics. Information at vibonomics.com, an audio software platform, audio experience for location-based businesses if you walk into a store and you hear background music with voiceover messages between the songs that's probably Vibonomics you're listening to they are at vibonomics.com Back to school again is that am I sort of getting uh, am I showing a little bit too much of my intellect by telling you my my back to school memory is an
0: art box of no, art supplies I love that and as you know pivotal <laughs> back to school is a time there's even a famous uh Uh, line in a Rod Stewart song. It's late September, so I really should be getting back to school. I mean, back to school is a pivotal event for many people. And today's show was actually influenced by the fact there's this outstanding woman that we work with here at the radio station. She's usually the life of the party. She was really depressed this week because she was having difficulty getting her child off to school. So I thought, You know, there has to be some tips on how to get your child acclimatized for school.
1: I know who you're talking about, because she was unbearable this week. Was she? (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's funny. You you don't even have to say her name. I know who you're talking about. It's just tough. (laughs) And, you know, thankfully, our kids are grown. But we also know that those were important times. And, you know, kids have a lot of anxiety because you're taking them to this large, big building, and they're oftentimes very small. I completely remember my daughter being sent off to school and being below waist height, and you're expecting that poor little kindergartner or first grader to to trundle up the steps and acclimatize immediately, and there are some steps.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a a big day, whether it's your first day of school, kindergarten, preschool even, pre-preschool, pre-kindergarten, half day, full day, afternoon or mornings, and then all of a sudden, 18-ish years later they're off to college. Correct. Uh, So yeah I've got a college age and a high school age and we are back into school so I can't wait to hear what you have. And for you
0: for your high school age students you don't have to worry about acclimatizing them or worrying about their anxieties but you do have situations where they may need additional school equipment or things of that nature or hey dad I got you you know I've got this practice or that practice you got to get me to the school at 6 a.m. or 5 a.m. or 4 a.m. you know these are all considerations for older students that go back. And if you think about it too, it's uh, so many people move in the United States that while your child might have been super comfy and casual about going to second or third grade, let's say they're going to fourth grade now at an entirely new school. So to make that first day easier, they have said time and time again, you don't have to wait until that first day of class. Most schools are open to address any concerns a parent or a child might have, including the specific needs of the child over the summer. The best time to get help might be one or two weeks before school even opens. So swing by the school, take your student with you, and you can kind of see it's not so intimidating. And that is a case where mom or dad walks right into the school with your student.
1: That is a great idea. I know with my kids uh, at their high school, that's when uh, lockers were uh, passed out or, or accessible. To decorate your locker, that's when uh, school pictures were taken. So yeah, it's not just uh, first day of school is when you get into the school for the first time. Two weeks out, uh, start investigating your school.
0: Here's an odd thing uh, that I bumped into in my high school. It, it was a very big high school, and remembering your locker combination was very important. And they always used to say, don't share it with anyone. So, you know, you'd be like, how can I write it down, but not look at it, but remember it. And yeah, even something like that can be very intimidating. Now, this uh, anxiety can occur at any, any age. So, Literally, maybe out of the blue, probably unlikely, but your high school student could suddenly say, hey, I'm a little anxious about going back to school. They do say that teachers know that students are potentially nervous, and they'll do everything they can to make the child feel a little bit more comfortable. Teachers really, I mean, we we can't say enough when we talk about uh, the different various professions that it takes some altruism to be in, and how about being a teacher? you're oftentimes underpaid, overworked, and you've got a lot of responsibility. But they're great at helping kids. Why? I think they like kids better than sometimes we like kids. You know, sometimes kids will wear on you just a little bit if you're not actively involved in parenting.
1: So if if you're not that well connected with a teacher and you uh, might be thinking, oh, teachers got into teaching just so they could have summers off. I'm not saying that there aren't anybody. Uh, there isn't anybody that started their freshman year in college and said, "You know what? I'm going to go into education because I want my summers off." Sure, sure. There's a few people, but I, I, for the most part, uh, teachers—they're a special group of people that want to help kids, want to help people. They want to. They like the. They like uh, coaching, teaching, mentoring people. It's a. Uh, it's a pretty good. Uh, special job that it, and it takes a special person to do that. My sister started as a teacher. She is now a principal of an elementary school. She's been principal for the better part of 15 years and it is a it is a tough business. So I don't know if this is on your sheet, but uh, my advice just knowing what my sister goes through is parents Take a step back before you your immediate reaction is to jump down your teacher's your your child's teacher's throat. Take a step back before you send that email accusing the teacher of whatever you're about to accuse them of because they're really doing a good job. They're going above and beyond. I think that's true for the most part. That's
0: actually a very good point, and you're right. The teacher is trying to be hyper-accommodating. Uh, first couple days can be stressful for both teachers and students, so you're right. Take a little extra time. Here, here is a great tip. Find another child in the neighborhood whom your child can either walk to school with or ride on the bus. So you think about it, you got your friends along. Now this makes this infinitely uh, more palatable for the kid. Uh, If you feel it's needed, drive your child or walk with her to school and pick her up on the first day to get there early on the first day to cut down on the unnecessary stress. But you got to be a little bit careful because if your child thinks, hey, you know, mom, dad, I'll just be chauffeured here to school and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Uh, I'll be on my device in the back seat while I look through the Wall Street Journal. You know, you got to be a little careful that you don't enable your kids, too.
1: And you're going to want to know which uh, driveway, the north or the south driveway, that you enter to drop off or pick up. That's actually
0: critically important for parents. I, I mean,
1: it's a funny scene in Mr. Mom when uh, Jack Butler was doing it wrong. Remember the other parents, the other moms were saying, you're doing it wrong. (laughs) So just make sure you know where the drop-off is, where the pickup is. Sometimes it changes from year to year based on what's more efficient for the bus drivers. You know, I remember when my kids went to elementary school, uh, probably halfway through my oldest child's tenure in third grade about, um, they switched it. The buses used to park in front of the school and drop-off was on the side. That's the way it was for kindergarten through second grade. All of a sudden, third grade, they switched. Drop-off was uh, where the buses used to be and now the buses is where drop-off used to be.
0: And you raise a great point about that because you need to think about safety first. You can't just get in a hurry and go flying through that parking lot because you have vehicles and students all in close proximity. So that's a great point.
1: And a lot of the students, especially the younger they are, aren't uh, that aware of the vehicles around them. They'll just run, they'll dart right between two parked cars, between two parked buses. And that's the last thing as a driver you're expecting to see is a three foot tall human being sprint out between two giant yellow buses. So as a driver,
0: yeah, be yeah, careful where a, with your speed driving through that school parking lot. Be extra too. careful, and of course, uh, urge your children to be very aware when they're being dropped off and picked up. This is also a time to develop a sleep routine for kids. So you think about it, it's been summer. Everyone's having a good time. Uh, I always remember... Uh, raising children. The summer household did have a casual nature to it, you know? All of a sudden it's nine forty-five, ten o'clock, 10.15, you realize, oh, my eight-year-old is still up and still watching television. And this is when you have to rein them in very carefully and get them on a sleep routine.
1: I'm at the point now where my, uh, my late teen-year-old daughters, there are times when I get up in the morning to go to work and they're still up. Oh my. <laughs>
0: I, a Netflix, so yes, a friend of mine is real. That addiction is real. Yeah, a friend of <laughs> mine was talking about that. He has two teenage daughters. One's in college. One's in grad school. If left to their own devices, he goes, they're literally nocturnal. He goes, it's like living in a house of vampires. (laughs) And he said, one of them to get them up prior to 10 a.m. Now, the grad school girl is smart because she's created her own schedule. She knows she's not a morning person. Mm -hmm. But he said, summers when she's there. Getting her up prior to 10 a.m. is akin to using a stick of dynamite. It's bad. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So for your younger kids, you definitely need to get a consistent bedtime, and you need to be thinking of some like calming pre-bedroom routines. Uh, yelling at the top of your lungs, get into bed immediately. It's not calming. <laughs> 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 You may have to read to them, uh, tuck them in, say goodnight to them. How how long did your kids go with needing some interaction from parents? Because as you know, kids get a certain age. No, they in fact, they don't want any interaction with you. They just, I'm just going to bed. Because they were either going to read under the covers with a flashlight or whatever they were going to do. That's a great
1: question. But um, there's that
0: one point, you know, where I remember my daughter, and I still – would love to do it today but she always needed at least a small story to mm-hmm. go to bed on
1: oh yeah read it again daddy yeah we, we did story time uh with the same stories the same books uh and then uh yeah just magically stopped one day and uh so my oldest daughter's a senior now in high school and there's no chance of me getting in that bedroom before she goes to to bed right good night dad and she <laughs> yeah. We, we give, I don't need you anymore. I'm so going to bed. Good night. And Absolutely. It's, uh, see you in the morning.
0: I think it's cool, like you said, about, um, you know, the story time. And I don't know, because most of my friends are radio people. We always used to change the endings to the story and all that kind of stuff. I mean, did you do that? Oh, I mean, yeah. You know, uh, you know, Peppa did this instead of that and everything, you know, Peppa went off to, I think, Pep at one point joined the Argentinian army. Dad. (laughs) Yeah. Or they're just about nodding off. They're almost asleep and you throw in and
1: then they won the Super Bowl in Philadelphia. And if they don't wake up, you know you can sneak out of that
0: room. You are, your work there is done. Have your child turn off electronic devices well before bedtime. And that's been difficult. We've talked before on the Adam Rich Show about screen times. Mm. And uh, it really bears mentioning review what is healthy for screen time. It's easy to get into that trap as a parent. Just let that be the electronic babysitter. But it's not just for bedtimes. Your child may be spending too much time on the screen in general. It's always good to have kinda some good family guidelines. Insufficient sleep is associated with lower academic achievement in middle school, high school, and college as well as higher rates of absenteeism and tardiness. The optimal amount of sleep for most young children is 10 to 12 hours per night. That's that, a
1: lot of sleep. And that also applies to uh, radio station
0: employees. It's not just for school-age kids. Lack of sleep affects your productivity. Yeah, well, you were busy last night, so you have a little bit of lack of sleep today. What, what you're saying is, I've had a terrible day. I get it. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> I like the new thing that you're doing now, where no matter what our comment is about you, you flip it around to say, oh, I'm inefficient. Is that what you're saying? I, I hear you loud and clear. I'll get more sleep tonight, I swear. <laughs> Take a nap for crying out loud. Uh, Also, adolescents, for 13 to 18-year-old kids, the range is still 8 to 10 hours per night. And I think this is interesting because so many of our kids... I just so vividly remember both my son and daughter being in the 16 to 17 range, and you almost think of them as young adults. Mm -hmm. You still obviously are parenting them, but you don't stop to think that they might need 8 to 10 hours of sleep and that that sleep is a a critically important aspect of their well-being. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then you should develop good homework and study habits. This is tough for parents because you know that whole thing. Hey, you got any homework tonight? Well, no, Dad, I... All right, then. You know, and you barely look up from your ball game. But as a parent, get a little more proactive. Find out exactly what they've got in the way of homework and then help them develop some good study habits.
1: And I would uh, encourage you to look into a tutor. Uh, genera- generationally, when I think of when I was in high school, the courses I took, my parents could actually help me with. Uh, the courses my daughter takes, she's a brainiac. Let's get that straight right now. She's at a, she's working at another level that I don't understand, and I haven't been able to help her with her homework since she was a freshman in high school. So uh, if there is a an issue with her studies and she needs help, it's tutor time, because dad doesn't really know third-year college
0: calculus. Absolutely. Tutor is a very good tip, especially if a child is struggling with uh, something that they are not as comfortable with. Uh, you know, that's why it's kind of interesting that the SAT scores are broken up into language and mathematics because it tends to be we follow that pattern. Might be great at math and you lag just a little bit in some of your language skills or vice versa. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you have a child that's struggling in anything, do think about tutoring. I know that uh, there's a lot of great science and math tutor uh places because they realize that those are areas that kids just may not feel comfortable with. You would have thought Big Bang Theory would have made it so everybody (laughs) loves science. (laughs) And that's not always the case. You do have to establish a household rule that TV and other electronic distractions stay off during your homework time. So they do recommend that you actually set aside homework time. Um, This is also a great time, even if your kid's don't have homework, I mean, that may be a legit deal. They don't have homework that night. Though, have you noticed younger and younger kids will have a homework load, if you will? I remember distinctly sixth, seventh, eighth grade of having significant, perhaps an hour and a half to two hours worth of homework per evening. Oh, yeah. And that struck me as a little bit early, but I'm sure an educator would go, oh, no, you really need to do that to help reinforce learning and then also clarify what we've covered in class.
1: Absolutely. And my, uh, my oldest daughter, when she was in eighth grade, she's in college now, she had, and I'm not even going to exaggerate, she had two hours of math homework every night, just math. Right. So there were other courses, obviously, and so some nights it was three, four hours of homework. And I remember uh, really kind of scratching my head after weeks of two hours every night of math, when it sunk in. I, I was like, Are you, "You can't possibly have two hours of math homework every night?" I swear, Dad, no, I didn't. And I'm, I'm like, "Are you not understanding it? Do you don't get it? Is that why it takes so long?" No, it's just there's that much.
0: And I'm like, "Gosh, if eighth grade is that hard now? I wouldn't have a chance. No, I mean, it's interesting. And that's, and I think when we go back to overall education levels, I think schools have really stepped it up. And as you, as a parent, you acknowledged along with your child, no, this is two hours of math homework, even though it seems like a young age. I bet you didn't say, oh, I'll blow it off. You probably thought, that sounds a lot like a lot, but I'm going to support you in that.
1: It was a lot. And then the, uh, I guess the the kicker of the story is that it was through a a portal on the internet and the portal was difficult to use. So the actual math homework was probably about 45 minutes a night. Right. But it took her another hour and 15 minutes just to figure out how to load the page, click the link, do this, do that. Where do you turn? You know, when we were kids, you had a pencil and you did your homework on a piece of paper, and the next morning you handed it to somebody with a coat and tie on, and that was your math homework. Well, now in the digital age, in eighth, in eighth grade, five six years ago now, it, 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 took, it took longer to figure out how to go to the dot-com to get it done than to actually do the homework. So her math career got easier as she got into high school, and Uh, progressed with uh, higher levels of algebra and calculus. Uh, It got easier because I was like, I was thinking, oh my God, if it's two hours now, when she's a junior in high school, it's going to take her seven hours every night. But it was just the portal that we had to navigate. So I guess notch that on your list. Learn how to use the dot-com portal of your school to figure out how to turn in your digital
0: homework. And this may be inadvertently training kids to develop uh, a capacity to deal with frustrating computers because everybody works with computers and almost everybody has a frustrating moment. As we've said, that's how computers end up in the yard.
1: If you've seen that viral video on the <laughs> internet of the guy in the cubicle that attacks his computer, I love that it. was Jay Baker.
0: That really was. <laughs> I uh, I think I had chalked up three or four or five keyboards before a station manager said, you know, you might want to work on your anger management skills." <laughs> So uh, this is, and this is the great point too. It's not uncommon for teachers to ask students to submit homework electronically. It's a double-edged sword, though, as you said. There could be an unwieldy portal, or also you got to be careful that your kid is not really. On social media or playing video games or whatever instant messaging when -hmm. they should be studying because obviously it all looks the same if you just happen to walk by Uh, be available to answer questions and offer assistance but never do a child's homework were you ever tempted and the reason why I bring this up I will freely admit to writing a couple of high school papers for my daughter because she was inundated because she was in a couple of big choir programs and just got overwhelmed. Now, I might have been schnookered into writing those papers. Part of it is I wanted to see if I could still write a high school paper (laughs) But you may be tempted as a parent for whatever reason to write your child's paper. And you
1: were, you've were you never been prouder of a B-plus in your life, have you? I said to myself, <laughs> I'm
0: capable of getting a B-plus. Look at this.
1: Well, thank God she didn't ask you to go sing for
0: her while she did the paper. Yeah, that wouldn't have worked out at all. I, uh, I don't think – I never
1: did a, uh, a homework project, but I certainly got uh, overexcited, overzealous with some sort of uh, – not homework – Uh, assignment, but more of a project, maybe a science fair, uh, definitely a three, one of those threefold, trifold displays where uh, you definitely get some media involved to catch the eye of the the judges. I I probably got involved with that a little bit more than I should have.
0: Yeah, and it's easy and to do. And that B Plus was
1: never better. I <laughs> tell you that. Did you feel I'm so proud of that B Plus. <laughs> your
0: Science Fair project. They're still talking about it. <laughs> this seems to be awfully good handwriting. Yeah. Anyway, uh if you do have homework problems, uh you definitely should be proactive with the teacher and then as we talked about, possibly get a tutor. But this is a good time for you to be proactive as a parent with your student and with your teacher because um the teacher doesn't want you to have problems with the homework they just they're using the homework as a tool to reinforce what they're teaching or to learn new things and so there you know you may look at it as a parent as hey this is a punishment my child has 2 hours of homework every night really the the teachers looking at it in a completely different light and you know isn't it interesting how our traditional models Uh, get turned around when we become parents and the point I make about this is didn't you think that some of your teachers were just downright mean Mm -hmm. in high school then as we got older in college we realized no they were just trying to actually get us to learn something because college obviously was challenging for many of us but now as a parent you go oh no the whole paradigm is flipped I now see why you would even have homework. So I just find that to be an interesting wrinkle because, man, when I was a student in high school, I was like, oh man, this guy's got it out for us.
1: Why do I have to learn this? I'm never gonna use this. And then when you become an adult, you find out that's true. You'll never use what you learned in seventh grade.
0: (laughs) Oh, absolutely. I find that every day in our office. I find others Uh, in my office that can help uh, me do know the things that i should have learned you know as a parent when my kids
1: used to say that to me dad why do i have to learn this it's not like i'm ever going to use this i used to tell them you know the process of learning this is is the is the valuable part of this exercise that's what you're going to use the rest of your life maybe you won't exactly use the data that you're forced to remember or process today on this assignment But the skill set it's taking to learn that, remember it, recall it, process it, use it, retain it, write it down, that skill set is what you're gonna use every decade for the rest of your life.
0: Absolutely. Now, do we have some time to talk about nutrition. This is actually an aspect of this.
1: We do. We've got about three minutes left. Okay. Uh, nutrition, I. you know, when you think back to school, uh, after the art box with my glue and scissors and crayons, my
0: second thought is school lunch. So absolutely. That's a great thing that you know about school lunch. Most schools regularly send schedules of cafeteria menus home and have them posted on the school's website. This is important because you may have uh, certain allergies in your household you also maybe want to do a little nutritional planning. You may feel like tater tot day is not a great day nutritionally for your kids, so you'd like to pack a lunch that day. So they do urge you to be a little bit more proactive. And studies show that children who eat a nutritious breakfast function much better in school. That's why there are breakfast programs at many schools. So (laughs) this is something, if you get busy as a parent, there may be a breakfast program, so you drop your kid off maybe let's say twenty-five minutes earlier than usual or get them to school in that in that manner, they're able to take advantage of that breakfast. Is there a tater tot day? Are you playing with my emotions? Well, there might be. You'll love this. My daughter when we were living in Ohio, I actually feel terrible There's certain stories we tell on this show, I'm thinking to myself, oh dear. Uh, if I were driving down the road, I'd just pull off the road right now. But They actually had mini corn dog day at their high school, and I would always purposely eat lunch with her until she realized that it was just a ploy for me to get as many corn dogs as I possibly could. (laughs) (laughs) My daughter, it dawned on her, I'm not visiting her at school. I'm not interacting with her teachers or giving her support. I'm just there for the mini corn dogs. I feel terrible, but they did have mini corn dogs at that school, and they still may today. I don't know, Adam. You're
1: uh, you're picking them off other kids' trays and putting them <laughs> in your pocket with the zipper on your on your pants, like Napoleon Dynamite with the tots.
0: Yes, remember <laughs> any the, any movie? Are you going to eat that? You know, and you immediately yeah. scooping off their their plate. So yes, if if your school and I'm not denigrating any school that has many corn dogs. I was actually glad they did at the time. Obviously, reflecting on that as an adult now. Uh, or an older adult, I would say. Yes, be aware of those kinds of things. Uh, Also, many children qualify for free or reduced-price food at school, and this doesn't have to come with the stigma of embarrassment. This is something that you should talk to the school office about. Just make sure that your kids have access to lunch and that you can afford to do it because their nutrition will provide a much better experience for them and actually increase their ability to do well in school.
1: You know what I miss most about School Lunch is uh
0: the square pizza. Oh, Did my. you have the square pizza? You, you were talking about that the other day, yeah. and it made me hungry for square pizza all day. I was kind of mad at you and for bringing that up.
1: I, you know, I played high school football, and, and I had a big appetite, and we'd go to, through lunch. You got one piece of pizza on your tray, so I'd get like five trays to have five pieces of pizza. <laughs> Wouldn't eat the fruit cup or the salad. I just wanted five pieces of pizza. That's square pizza. I'm going back to school tomorrow
0: to see if it's pizza day. I wish there was a place we could still get square pizza.
1: <laughs> well, thanks for joining Uh, listening and joining us on The Adam Ritz Show. You can, uh, as always, learn more on our website. It is adamritzshow.com.
0: The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.